You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Um, you know, wish I could say the same for our nation, but you know. We weren't here yesterday because, well, yesterday was just a slow news day and there wasn't really a lot going on. We were paying attention to stuff all day long and we were waiting for something big to drop and nothing came. So we thought, okay, we'll just do a rebroadcast. We'll take care of some other things. <clears throat> we'll take care of some other things this evening, which we took care of. Yeah. And had a good time doing it. Yeah, we're back today. So, uh, yeah, you're right. The country is um, not healthy. And quite frankly, the country's not alive, with the exception of a couple of pockets of resistance up in the city of New York. There were people out protesting COVID and COVID passports because they have hit New York. And believe me, they're going to roll out everywhere else. So it's not going to be just New York. It's going to be everywhere. But I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about the bigger issue at the moment. And the bigger issue is Governor Cuomo has just resigned. So let me get this straight. You get thrown a bunch of accusations about sexual misconduct and all that stuff. Okay, that's a distraction from the failing COVID policies that we know. Do I really believe that Cuomo is guilty of those things? Probably not. Probably. I don't really know. Everything we have at this point is hearsay and there's nothing that's concrete. Fact is, the man needs his day in court. I think it's a distraction. I don't think it's something that needs to be paid attention to. You are looking into Governor Andrew Cuomo. Fine. But you're looking into him for the wrong thing. Not saying dismiss the sexual harassment cases, but you need to look at the nursing home deaths. This man is guilty of criminally negligent homicide, killing tens of thousands of elderly people on purpose. His names are on the order. That is the real investigation that needs to be happening. Instead, you get these sexual allegations. Now this joker resigns. And what? He, he walks? He just skates off? He gets a golden parachute? That's what he gets? This is what he had to say in his parting statement. This is one of the most challenging times for government in a generation. Government really needs to function today. Government needs to perform. It is a matter of life and death, government uh -huh. operations. Uh -huh. yeah. And wasting energy on distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing. And I cannot be the cause of that. New York tough means New York loving. Uh -huh. And I love New York. Yeah. And I love you. Yes. yes. And everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love. And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. Right, right. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside. Bruce, he loves you. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, actually, what, what I took out of that is um, uh, this is how we're going to 
get me out of office so that I'm not in trouble with the nursing home deaths. The other thing, by the way, some of these accusations are felony charges and the DA is just going to drop it and not pursue. (laughs) Really interesting. Well, justice has already dropped it against him and all the other governors that did exactly the same thing. Murphy, Whitmer, Inslee, all of them. They're all guilty of that. Yeah, I, I was meaning the sexual allegations. All that. Uh, yeah, OK. Yeah. And but the nursing home stuff that they've already swept that under the rug. That was the whole sexual allegation stuff. The The media swept under the rug the deaths and then started going on the sexual allegations and then just hit that and it kept hitting that. So it, it it's almost like, um, I don't know, maybe maybe he wanted to get out of, of politics himself. I don't think so. But I think. Uh, they used him as uh, a scapegoat, if you will, threw him under the bus, essentially. And uh, he'll, he got he'll away. He'll be a senator. Free, both, you know. Yeah, he'll be a senator in three years. Potentially. Um, but if the American people have, you know, a, a better memory than a goldfish, maybe they'll remember the fact that he killed a bunch of people and had sexual allegations against him and ran New York poorly. Mm hmm. And not elect him ever again. But he loves New York. You heard him say it. He loves New York. And he loves you. Which part of New York do you like? Is it is it the organized crime part or is it uh yeah. I feel like we need to be playing the like the Italian street music, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's hear a little bit more of this. The best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. Uh-huh. And therefore, that's what I'll do, because I work for you. Oh, yes, and you doing do. the right thing is doing the right thing mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Because as we say, it's not about me. It's about well, it's we. <laughs> Kathy Hochul, my lieutenant governor, is smart and competent. This transition must be seamless. We have a lot going on. I'm very worried about the Delta variant. Right. <laughs> and so should you be. Yes, you're very worried about that Delta variant, and so should you be. So should you be. It's not about me. It's about we. See, he cares. He cares. He mm-hmm. he's he's got New York. I'm, I'm dying here. <laughs> I I I don't believe a word the guy's saying. Uh, as we said, you know, eleven, twelve women have accused him of harassment at, on the on the very least. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We don't know if that's true or not. That ha- he hasn't seen his day in court on that one, and he won't because the DA dropped it. It wasn't even the DA; it was the AG. That's what who dropped it. So yeah, but it, then it's justice. Not go yeah, but then yeah, there was that. But then the, uh, the then justice dropped it at the higher level. So there was nothing. Yeah, like all investigations it's, were it's dropped. Not going to go anywhere. Uh, honestly, it, this could easily be something that they hold over his head as well. It could have been them blackmailing, saying, "Look." It's it, you're not progressive enough. You're not extremist enough, you know, for the left agenda. Great reset, all those kind of things. Um, you need to step down. And if you don't, we're going to, you know, ruin you. Yeah, that's too bad. It's too bad because I really wanted to see him go down politically. You know, I, I wanted to see that. I wanted yeah. to see the whole administration, everybody that was involved with all those all those murders. I wanted to see everybody go down with it. And you know what? Somehow. Somehow, and b- believe me when I say this, somehow justice always finds a way one way or another. It always finds a way. It's kind of like that old saying, you know, what goes around comes around. Karma's a bitch and, and all the rest of that. You know, people say that. 
there is a lot of truth to that. There's times where I've worked criminal cases and I didn't get the person. I mean, 95% of the time I got my targets, what I was going for. 95% of the time I got them. Sometimes you didn't get them through no fault of your own. It is possible to do, and I just told this to somebody the other day, it is possible to do everything correctly and still lose. And I have a feeling that one of these days... When the wheels of justice that turn very slowly, one of these days, in the manners of criminal justice, Governor Cuomo's number is going to come due. Not as soon as I would like, but uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it'll be the same with Fauci and Gates and all the rest of them. It will catch up to them. Just not today, unfortunately. That's okay, because you know what, fellas? We'll see you tomorrow. So the United Nations, they've released a devastating report. It is, it's devastating. You're already laughing at me. Why, why are you laughing at me? Do you not believe them? Oh. Well, uh, a devastating report would be... I haven't even told you what it is yet. Yeah, well, uh, just a devastating report. It would be absolutely catastrophic if the UN just said we're we're disbanding the UN. Actually, I would be having a Barack Obama-style party if that were the case. Believe me. Agreed. I would be. I'd invite everybody I knew. Everybody. We'll talk about Obama's party here in just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. They've released a, well, basically that it's a death nail for the coal and fossil fuel industry, uh, according to the United Nations on their, uh, this is from their official intergovernmental panel on climate change. So the IPCC, by the way, just for anybody that's wondering uh, where their office is located, I don't know if this has anything to do with it or anything. It's just across the street from the World Economic Forum in Geneva. Just if anybody was wondering where they're located, it's just across the street from from them. It's right next to the WBCSD or whatever it is. You know, just it's it's next to them, too. So it's kind of like a complex that they all share right in there. Uh, but they, they say that this is a death nail because it's the warming that has taken place over the last few years is just it's been catastrophic. It's been absolutely catastrophic. They've put a report. Now, this is their fifth report, by the way, for anybody that wants to know. This is their fifth report on the matter. This is their most dire warning yet. By the way, didn't we go over like a 40 or an, a zero for 41 prediction for them? Like they, they've tried to do this like over 40 times and celebrities and and Prince Charles and, and all these these nobodies. Right. And these government people mm-hmm. and everybody. Mm-hmm. They've all made these dire predictions about climate and global changes to the weather patterns and all the rest of it. And none of it's ever happened. They've been wrong. Every single time they've been wrong. So there's no reason to think that these idiots are going to be correct about this. And we'll tell you why here in just a second. Their fifth report drew over 14,000 studies on it by 234 experts. That means people they've paid from 66 countries. Now, they say that global temperatures are anticipated to rise between one and a half degrees and two degrees Celsius by, I'm going to give you three guesses as to what year they say and the first two don't count. Yeah, 2030. How did you know that? How did you know that? Yeah, just a lucky guess, you know? There, there's something about that year. I'm not quite sure what it is, but they all seem to be focused on that year for some reason. I don't know. Everything's like, it's like a culmination of everything. It's everything bad at all end of the world scenarios. It's all going right to that year. I, I don't know why. Of course, it was 2050, then they knocked it back to 2040, and now they've knocked it back to 2030. Because quite frankly, the people that they share that common campus with down there in Geneva, they're running out of time. That's why That's why they've reduced the timetable. They well, say they wouldn't that, live that long. No, they, they're not going to live that long. Well, they, they think they are, believe it or not. Well, I mean, doesn't Schwab like 80? That would mean another 20 years of life for him, and he unless, ain't making it another 20 years. Unless they somehow or another achieve their goal. I, they really, I, and I know that that sounds crazy, but these people really believe that they are going to knock us out of the box merge with silicon-based AI 
and become gods. I, I'm not joking. I know that sounds crazy and that sounds like a conspiracy theory, but that's what these people really believe. That's where they are. It, it's, I, a, it's a spiritual disconnect. You have to understand that. It goes deeper than that. I, I don't want to kind of veer off here, but just so people understand, these are not people with spiritual beliefs. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. They don't believe in God. They don't have that connection that we have to the foundations of Judeo-Christian beliefs. They don't have it. They're atheistic. They're nihilistic. They're materialistic. That's why they're basing all of this in, in cultural Marxism. They don't believe in God. They want to become God. They've done everything else. They've stolen everything else. Why not steal the human genome? That's where they are. And what I don't understand is when you get AI and AI becomes self-aware or you merge with AI or whatever their intention is, do they not understand that uh, within, okay, an AI that has the same capacities of a human, right? Within four hours, four hours, their intellect is over 10,000. I, I, I'm sorry. Why do you think as a pestilence on human life now, why do you think AI is going to be okay with you as a disease continuing on? It'll eradicate you. They're on a fool's errand. That's why. Yeah. I wish I had a different way to put it, but unfortunately, it just it just fits. Uh, by the way, Jack Posobiec just tweeted the following: Newsom is next. Yeah. Uh, the the problem is is it's not for the right reasons. I agree. All right. Anyway, sidetrack. Getting back to this um, this report, this dire dire report. They say that humans unequivocally are to blame for climate change. Right. There, there's no there's no denying it now. This is a 100 percent confirmed. It's, it's nailed down. There's no way you can deny it after this bombshell report that they've put out. Uh, they say that now, by the way, they, they reduced it by 10 years from what they predicted from three years ago. So they've changed everything and they moved the goalpost again with this to fit the agenda that they need to push. They say that the global oceans have risen. Listen to this. The global oceans have risen 20 centimeters since the year 1900, with the rate tripling in just the last 10 years. And they're saying that the two meter rise that they've predicted by the year 2100 has not been ruled out. Uh, OK, you've got some data on those ocean levels that they're talking about. Those numbers are not correct mm -hmm. that they're saying. No. Um, so ocean levels, according to NASA, the climate division or whatever of NASA, uh, they say uh, it's a dot gov. Uh, anyway, they say that the oceans rise on average every year, 1.4 millimeters. Now, when you take 1.4 millimeters and you multiply that by 100 or, you know, saying it's 100 years ago, roughly, um, you get a whopping four inches. Actually, it's less than four inches for 100, but uh, averaging up four inches. They're saying that it's gone up how many? 20 centimeters, I believe is what they said. 20 centimeters in the last 100 oh. years. But they say that it's tripled in the last 10 years alone. So you've seen so it hasn't been steady. They're saying that, oh, it's just expanded by threefold over the last 10 years. Yeah. So like I said, the 1.4 millimeters is the average. The problem is, as Americans, we're, we're not taught uh, the metric system, right? You know, but at least my generation didn't. And before us, 20 centimeters is eight inches thereabouts. Uh, those two numbers don't mesh the 1.4 per year and eight. It doesn't it doesn't work. That By the way, you'd have to go back 200 years if but but if if the oceans, if the ocean level rises major waterways throughout the world, you would see a rise there, too. Right. Yeah. Um, basically, the, the, the water rise that they're saying, even if you had all the, the, the glaciers melt, 
uh, I'm pretty sure you're only going to see like about a four inch rise anyway, globally. I mean, we're talking a massive amount of water. 70, 75% of the, the planet is water. You're, you're having temperatures rise because we're coming out of an ice age. The number, by the way, that they were talking about when they were talking about since the Industrial Revolution, we've increased uh, CO2 emissions by 47% or something like that, or 49%, or whatever it was, um, since then. The problem with that statistic is during the Industrial Revolution, we had a mini ice age. Many ice ages are, are triggered by a lack of CO2 in the atmosphere. When there's cold temperatures like that, it also reduces the amount of CO2 that's being basically evaporated or going into the atmosphere. So there's a cycle that keeps our, you know, ecosystems going and everything, you know, we, we have to keep a bare minimum of about 200 parts per million. Um, if we hit about 150 parts per million, that's the total extinction, extinction of everything on the planet. Everything dies because there's not enough CO2 for plants to survive. Oh, but you want to get that number to zero, though. Yeah, uh, we're at like 412 parts per million, roughly. We have measurements of the Earth being at 4,000 at one point uh, in our history. It, it's not going to be the end of all life by, by having... Antarctica has trees, fossils, like that, that were... It was a forest at one point. Same thing above the Arctic Circle. I, I was watching a, a thing a couple of weeks ago. This guy took an expedition because you, you can only go up there where this is. You can only go up there, I think they said, like just a few weeks out of the year because everything changes in that window that you can when you get up there, it just closes. There are no trees up there. Nothing like the trees don't grow because of the way that the climate is up there in the permafrost. But he came across as he was walking. He, he's an archaeologist uh, and an anthropologist. He wanted to go up there to learn more, you know, look at specific areas. And you can only get up there certain times a year. So this guy goes up there. And while he's out for I think he said he was out for like two days with another scientist. And while they're out, he comes across these. Um, well, they were tree stumps, really. I mean, they, they look like they just, you know, like, you know how like a tree stump is when you cut it off and you just kind of leave mm -hmm. it there and it, it does its thing. It was a group of tree stumps, but they were so calcified that actually turned to rock. It was fascinating to see this stuff because of the way that things have changed. Where he was at above the Arctic Circle used to be a marshland. It used to be a tropical area. You would have a specific wildlife that would live there. And it was hot and humid and, and it was like a it was like a jungle up there. Same thing yep. in Antarctica. Yep. I, I don't I don't know that people realize the fact that when you have increased levels of CO2 in the atmosphere, that does increase temperatures, right? But the increased temperatures also means an increase in water evaporation, which means an increase in precipitation, which means deserts become flourishing. Uh, you have the ice caps and all that kind of stuff melt. So, yes, you may see an increase in the amount of available water. But the thing is, is there's going to be more water in the atmosphere as a whole, which means you're probably not going to see much of a rise at all. I mean, even if you did see a rise, even if all the water went to the oceans, you're still only looking at about four inches. It, it, it's it's ridiculous saying we're going to be under meters and meters of water. Right. No. And, no. and the water, but and just on that point, the water that's, let's say that, let's say that the polar ice caps even melt, right? Let's say that that happens. That water's already displaced. Yep. The real the real problem would come from the ice caps that are on land, the glaciers on land, when that mm -hmm. melts and the runoff goes into the oceans. That would be the real problem. But see, they don't tell you but, that part. But again, th that's not a huge problem at the same time because uh, the, the vastness of our oceans, how big they are, 
just to increase the water one inch, how many tons of water that has to be? I mean, it's an enormous amount of water that has to be there. Mm-hmm. We don't have that kind of glacial cover on on this planet to to no. do the the levels of damage they're talking. No. And as I said, when temperatures rise, evaporation rises, there's going to be more water in the air and more water on land. Uh, you know, like lakes, ponds, those kind of things. So saying all that, we're we're all going to die because global. No, no. They're saying that the planet is at the warmest level in 125,000 years and that methane levels are the highest in 800,000 years. Really? What proof do you have of that? Because if you go back even further than that, if you go back 3 million years ago, kind of about the time frame we're talking about where you had tropical rainforests type things in the northern and southern polar regions, 3 million years ago, CO2 levels and temperatures were basically about where we are now, albeit we had a different planetary makeup, you know, three million years ago. I mean, that was quite a long time ago. It's not exactly like saying, oh, yeah, it was a thousand years ago. Three million years ago, that was a a long time ago. But at the same time, it's also been shown, scientifically proven, that our oceans and sea levels were 25 meters higher than what they are now with similar conditions. Explain that one. They can't. They can't. They're just... They're fiddling with data and putting it out there and hyping up this fear around it with like all these Extinction Rebellion idiots and all the rest of them that are out there gluing themselves to uh, to, to news desks and, and train cars and jet airliners and all the rest of it to fit their political agenda to control you and where the future is going to go. You're not going to get a Green New Deal. Let me explain to you what the Green New Deal is. The Green New Deal, in a nutshell, is you bankrupt with a dead battery on the side of the road. That's the Green New Deal. But you say the planet is... Warmer than it's ever been in the last 125,000 years. The UN says that. We're at the warmest levels in 125,000 years. Well, you see, there's a little bit of a problem with that statement. Just a little bit of a problem. And the problem with that statement is this. Greenland. Everybody knows the little country of Greenland up there, yeah? I've flown over it. It's kind of beautiful when you look down on it. You see the glaciers floating out there in the ocean. It's a sight to see. Listen to this. Enough ice was gained on a single day to bury Central Park, New York City, under 682 meters of ice on August 8th. That was two days ago. To give you an idea, I know I'm talking in metrics here, that's 2,238 feet of solid ice on top of Central Park in New York City. That's a half a mile of ice. That is a record gain during the, quote, summer melt season. The ice caps are not melting. It's complete nonsense. They're cooking this stuff up. Even if they were with their uh, <laughs> saying we're warmer than it's been in 125. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also something that, that happens every, it's about 250,000 years, roughly. Uh, we, we have this cycle of um, ice age, coming out of the ice age, going into a warm spell, then go back into an ice age. And we, we, we have this constant cycle. That's about the time we were in an ice age. We're coming out of an ice age right now. Did you say we also have a polar shift we're dealing with at the moment? Yeah, we've got a polar shift we're dealing with. So any um, solar radiation that hits our atmosphere, um, because the magnetic field is weakened because of the shift, you're going to see more extreme weathers. doesn't matter the amount of pollution the atmosphere has or whatever man-made climate change happened. It, it doesn't matter. This is a, it's a polar shift that happens every so often. This is normal as far as science is aware. 
we talked about the Keystone Pipeline. Now, the deal with the Keystone Pipeline, and let's let's not make any mistakes about this. The Keystone Pipeline was something that was put together under the Obama administration. He's the one that had it shut down. Trump restarted it. That project got underway. They started building it. And then November 3rd happened. And well, we're here now, aren't we? The reason that Obama, well, maybe not him directly, but the administration, the reason that they shut that project down was what? It wasn't because of going over animal reserves and nature reserves and and Native American sites. It wasn't because of that. The reason they shut that down is because all of the oil that would come out of Canada that would go through the Keystone Pipeline down to where Bruce is and further to be refined, well, that would do a serious amount of damage to the Santa Fe railway system. That would haul all of the crude across Canada over to the west coast of British Columbia, where it would be loaded onto tankers, and it would be shipped across the Pacific to our dear friends in China. Well, you might ask, well, who owns the Santa Fe Railway Company? Who's benefiting from that? Well, it's owned by a company called Berkshire Hathaway. Well, who owns Berkshire Hathaway? Well, it's Warren Buffett. And just so happens the second largest shareholder in Berkshire Hathaway is a gentleman by the name of Bill Gates. Does it make sense yet? I tell that for this reason. They're telling you you can't have Keystone because two reasons. One, you can't be energy independent because fossil fuels are dead, which is complete crap. They want to make the money. They want to have the controlled investments with the corrupt Chinese Communist Party. In the meantime, they'll sell you the Green New Deal and man-made climate change blaming you for the problem. That's what Keystone XL was all about. Just so happens... That report comes out yesterday from the United Nations. Just so happens. This morning, this information comes out. You couldn't make this up. Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Michael Bloomberg are teaming up, the three of them, are teaming up to form a joint venture to drill for $1.4 trillion worth of rare natural resources, including cobalt, nickel, copper, and platinum for electric car batteries. And guess where they're going to drill? In Greenland. Going back real quick, just to the, the Keystone bit. You know what I think the real reason Obama stopped it was? He was going to have to make a trip to Oklahoma. In fact, it was a town that's literally 30 minutes from me. That he was going to be mm-hmm. just um, like a mile north of there. That was a staging mm-hmm. area for a lot of the pipeline. Yeah. I just think he didn't want to come to Podunk Town, Oklahoma. And they canceled it because he didn't want to come in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but see, my point is, is that you are blamed for the problem when it comes down to the same people that are telling you you're at fault. They're the ones that are backdooring you with all of these products and all of these, quote, solutions when they're the ones that are dealing the problem to you in the first place. Do you remember Trump wanted to do a deal and make Greenland part of the United States? Do you remember that? I do. And oh, no, no, we can't do that. He's out of his mind. He's crazy. He's an insane man. Oh, he's he's mentally unstable. No, we can't do that. But let me guess, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Michael Bloomberg can go in there on pristine land, I might add, and rip up that country and split the spoils amongst those three pigs and sell it back to you at a premium when you're going to have a dead battery on the side of the road. Yeah, you can cram your Green New Deal. 
and all the people that are behind it. Every last one of you. I don't want to get into this other one. We can talk about this one at another time because I'm already burned up about Bill Gates at the moment. And I really don't want to talk about this because this is his project. They're talking about spraying aerosols uh, above the Earth's surface to reflect the sun back into into space. And I I know I don't want to get into like chemtrails and all that stuff because there's there's a whole nother conversation to have about that. But they're actually saying it now. They're just out in the open saying, yeah, all right. Yeah, we're we're talking about doing that. Bill Gates has talked about this for for years. And that was a crazy conspiracy theory. They're just saying it now. It's just out in the open. But anyway, I, I don't want to get into that. Not right now. I don't want to get into that because we're we're on a timetable today. All right. Uh, the Swiss police are um, refusing to. Uh, well, they're they're threatening to stop enforcing the COVID nineteen rules because they they say that it, well the the COVID nineteen rules violate fundamental rights. Wherever would they get such an idea that they violate fundamental rights? Almost like. The Western world has uh, guaranteed God-given rights that the government is not supposed to be able to take away. It's almost like they're standing for that. Why? Why? Why are they being more American in that sense? Why? Why is the law enforcement standing up and saying that when well we don't even have many um, law enforcement here doing it? Well, I think that um, one of the reasons they might be saying that is because the citizenry outgunned the police down there by a lot, by a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it would not go well for the police or the cantons or uh, any of the uh, the government people at all. I've always heard the saying, you don't bomb your own bank. See, Schwab and Soros and all those guys, they're holed up down there. That's where they live. That's where they do business. That's where they do their dirt. That's where they have their their conferences and their smoky backroom deals and, and all the rest of it. You don't bomb your own bank. This shows, again... Their greed. They got greedy. They took one step too far, and now they're going to pay the price for it. The last people in the world you want to piss off besides the Americans are the Swiss. You really don't want to piss those people off. Hell, go back and look at the Second World War. Hitler didn't even go in there. He knew what would have happened. Look at a map of Europe in 1945 and look at the only country that wasn't taken or occupied by a fascistic government. He knew better because if he would have gone in there, the Germans would have been slaughtered. Apparently, Schwab and company don't know any better when it comes to that because they're doing it in their own backyard, literally in their own backyard. That's a mistake, fellas. You don't bomb your own bank. A group representing police officers in the Alpine country wrote a letter to the Swiss Federation of Police Officers warning of potential insubordination within the force over the enforcement of draconian laws. Let me guess. You're going to go out and you're going to get people to enforce that? I mean, that's kind of what they're doing in places like Canada and places like Germany. They're not actually using cops to do this anymore because a lot of the cops are starting to, uh, shall we say, uh, turn coat uh, to the politicians because, let's face it, they've got families too. And that's the other reason you're not seeing the police stand solely on the side of the people in France because the police have been told, oh, no, you don't have to have a vaccine mandate. You don't need that. Do you know why the government are taking those steps? Because as soon as they say that the police have to have mandated vaccine passports, well, that's the end of the protection for the people that are ordering it. You see how that works? If the measures were to conflict with the general opinion of the population, disproportionately limiting their fundamental rights, many police officers would no longer be willing to apply them. Good on them. Yeah. You know, we saw a <laughs> the French. They just they know how to protest. I, I know we're talking about the Swiss, but the uh, the French, man, they know how to protest. Uh, Bruce, did you see that 
the farmers uh, showed up to protest again uh, today. And, you know, the last time the farmers in France showed up with all of their tractors uh, and their manure spreaders, they just drove around the government buildings with their manure spreaders turned on. That's, I mean, that's creative. I got to give them that. I mean, they didn't do any property damage or anything. It just, you know, you had to have the Department of Public Works come out there and power wash the entire city block and the entire government building. So, I mean, good on them. This time they went, a, they went another step. The police lines were trying to stop the farmers, the French farmers, from exercising their fundamental human right to protest. And, well, the farmers decided that they were just going to push right on through the police lines, vehicles and all. Because let me explain something to you. When you come up against an agricultural piece of machinery, I don't care what kind of car you've got out there in terms of law enforcement, it's going to get run the hell over or pushed the hell out of the way. You are not going to compete with something that runs out there in farm fields all day, every day that's designed to take a beating. You're not going to do it. Yeah, I, I think it's a clever use of their farm equipment, uh, personally. Yeah. And, uh, well, after the police lines got pushed back, well, the police decided they were going to form up a line on either side around the tractors with the manure spreaders. Gentlemen, you probably shouldn't have done that. Because the farmers turned their manure spreaders onto the police and they were spraying them all over the place. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't have been standing there. What, what do you want me to say? I mean, if you would have been taking the, the you know, the stance of, uh, well, we're violating the rights, so we're not going to enforce the laws. I mean, if you were taking that stance, then I would feel sorry for what happened to you. Uh, but at the same time, you wouldn't have been there. So... Well, they say here down in uh, down in Switzerland that uh, an officer who refuses to enforce the law can be punished. Are you going to hit him with insubordination? Is it are, are the are the COVID restrictions laws there? That that's my question. Because everywhere no. that I know of, it's not laws. No, it's they're, um, they're operating at the moment under emergency powers. That's all they're doing. Uh-huh. All these yeah. all these governments, they can say, "Oh, we passed a law." That's not a law. You passed some emergency thing that stripped all the powers that you have from other people that give you the check in the balance. You did it under an emergency authorization, kind of like the vaccine that's not a vaccine. They did it under emergency powers because it's a public health emergency. They didn't have a choice, remember? Police refusing to enforce coronavirus measures is not unique to Switzerland. That's true. Earlier this year, police in the Canadian province of Ontario rejected new powers given by the provincial government that would have allowed them to stop any motorist or pedestrian and demand to know where they live and why they were not at home. The Papers, pro- please. Yeah, the province of Alberta in Canada has declared that COVID-19 is over. There are no more restrictions there, at least none as far as I have been able to read. I saw the government just said, all right, that's enough. It's over. Now, mind you, Alberta is the more conservative province of Canada. I've met a lot of people from uh, from Alberta, uh, specifically up in Calgary. They're very, very conservative people up there. Uh, very nice people. Very humble. Except for this one guy. I got set, I sat next to this one guy from Calgary on an airplane once. My God, he poured out his life story to me. And I'm thinking, oh, all right. And I just sat there and I listened to it. I, I, was on a, I was on a long flight. I was jet lagged to all hell. And I was flying back to Europe. And this guy gets sat next to me on this flight for, it was like a, a short flight. I was taking it to, because I had a layover, I think it was in Chicago or, or New York or something. And I was flying from, I want to say it was, I was flying from Atlanta to New York. And I had to sit next to this guy. And this guy's just dumping his life out to me. But a really nice guy. I felt really sorry for him. Uh, but it, he didn't have anybody else to talk to, right? So I just, I sat there and I listened to him. I felt sorry for the guy. But nice guy, nonetheless. Uh, anyway, from Calgary. Was there, was there any alcohol involved? Not for me. 
Not for me. Uh, for him, but uh, not for, for him. Me. Yeah, yeah, for him. I think he was on his third Jack and Coke by the time we touched down in New York. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, that's yeah. All right. That's that's the end of Switzerland. You know what? President Obama's birthday party. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. You didn't get the invite. I, I didn't. Uh, unfortunately, I, no. I didn't get the invite. You didn't get it. No, no. Uh, John Kerry supposedly got the invite, but didn't attend, supposedly. Uh, but all the celebrities and, and, you know, the rest of them, they were all there and having a great time. We talked about Obama's birthday party on Saturday. Funny thing about that party, uh, it's still going on. We didn't know that until this morning. It's still happening. This has been a three and a half day party so far, and it's showing no signs of stopping. They got all kinds of flack for having that party. As a matter of fact, they even pulled a New York Times reporter to run interference on CNN. This is what she had to say. Uh, Other people said, you know, this is really being overblown. They're following all the safety precautions. People are going to sporting events that are bigger than this. This Uh is going to be safe. This is a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. And and this is just about optics. It's not about safety. Right. All right. Andy Carney, thanks so much. Uh, We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Good talking to you. See, Bruce, it's a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. (laughs) It's a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. Mm -hmm. They're better than you, is what she said. Rules for thee and none for me. Despite claims that the event would be, quote, scaled back, uh, Barack Obama's massive party has continued for three days straight. Bruce, does that look like they're social distancing up there? Does that? No. No, no, no social distancing? No. No, no, no masks either. No, no, no there's, there's no masks. And it looks like they're laughing and carrying on. I think that person right there has even got a guitar over there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's been more accusations of... Uh, of hypocrisy. The one rule for thee and and another one for me, uh, that's kind of the circulating uh, thing from everyday Americans that are just posting this up on Twitter whenever the videos and the the photos surface, but they're being taken down as quickly as possible because, well, we can't show that to the the barefoot peasants now, can we? What's ironic, though, is some of the quote-unquote elite that are there are the ones posting the videos, which says to me they're completely oblivious to what the people think. On this, they're thinking that the people are applauding them and saying, yeah, you you, glorious leader, have a party. So I'm going to go down some of the tweets here. Candace Owens, love her. She's uh, she's fantastic. She tweeted the following. The same celebrities and politicians that have lectured you to stay home and mask up are the same ones that have lectured you about the planet and climate change and doom. There's something almost poetic about them and their private jets to enjoy an unmasked bashed. Jack Posobiec tweeted the following. Obama just had tons of people at his party, maskless and no vax mandate. They are laughing at you. Kyle Kash, Kashev. I, sorry, I don't, I don't know who that is. Uh, Americans are unable to see their dying relatives. Kids are forced to unscientifically mask up at schools. Millions of jobs closed because of the mandates, all forced by our elites, the same elites partying maskless at Obama's rager. Even the Daily Mail of all papers, the Daily Mail tweeted, exclusive, the party continues. Barack Obama's 60th birthday celebrations roll into their third day with a birthday brunch with Oprah at Martha's Venue. Can you imagine what the conversation is at that brunch? Can you imagine that? And it's not it's not cheap. The, the, the membership that they have for the place that they're partying. And Oprah, I think it cost um, a billion just to get in the same room with her. Well, yeah, it's something like, well, no, no, it, it, it's Michelle's arms. You see, it it, it attracts all of the. 
what is it with the arms and the people talk about no arms idea. and Adam's apples and yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. I heard heard a couple of commentators talking about uh, former first lady Michelle Obama's arms, something about uh, tree trunks and a quarterback or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. Graham Allen. I, I lost my train of thought with uh, <laughs> Michelle's arms. <laughs> Graham Allen tweeted the following. Obama and all of his elite friends think that they are above us peasants. Rules for thee and not for me. Uh, another tweet said, follow the wonderful example of the Obamas. Live your life and don't comply. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. It's a pretty good assessment there. Liz Wheeler tweeted the following. Remember the time Obama partied maskless with Hollywood celebrities while your business was shut down? You weren't allowed to go in public without a ridiculous face diaper and the government tried to force you to vax under the guise of an emergency? Another one tweeted, private jets, mansions, homes four feet above sea level. Doesn't appear that any of the guests are very concerned about the climate change. That should be uh, telling to everyone. Yeah, yeah. They're they're buying like Al Gore just bought like a nine and a half million dollar mansion in Malibu. Yeah. If they're so concerned about climate change, why are they buying? Why aren't they buying uh, mountain locations or, or they're not? They're they're buying the stuff right on the seashore. It's almost like they're manipulating the markets, saying it's going to be a catastrophe, and then people are leaving, selling their locations for less money so that they can buy it up at a cheaper rate it's almost kind of like what's going on it's almost like they shut down our businesses and and uh put a moratorium on um evictions and uh basically causing landowners to sell their properties to corporations that are buying it for cheap it kind of almost like it's a planned thing one would think so so I talk about all this hypocrisy and them laughing in your face and living these lavish lifestyles and parties while you're bankrupted and destroyed and ruined because you listen to them. Why do you listen to them? Why do we listen to them? I said over a year ago, and anybody that's been listening to us since then knows that I said this, if you want this to go away, ignore them. They're ignoring you. That seems only fair, doesn't it? I mean, I really don't care one way or the other. I, I I said that. I don't care what these people have to say anymore. I haven't for a very long time. The only thing I'm concerned about at this point is, are you or are you not going to go quietly in handcuffs and answer for the crimes that you've committed against humanity, quite frankly? Because make no mistake, that's what these people get charged with. They get charged with crimes against humanity and violation of all 10 of the Nuremberg Codes. That's the jurisdiction that this falls under. Senator Rand Paul, he's been a very outspoken voice. He's taken Fauci to the woodshed on more than one occasion, and he didn't do it through the usual political trickery and and sniveling little weasel tactics or anything like that. He was an astute gentleman about it, as he should be, as any elected representative should be when questioning a, quote, public official. And he did it using the three things that they beat us over the head with all day, every day, science, data and evidence. Is it or is it not time? Is it or is it not past time to stop listening to these slugs that are ruining your life? Because they're not going to stop until you stop them. Senator Rand Paul released a statement just yesterday. It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed, although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Nancy Pelosi, you will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, 
vaccine or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to work in person. Local bureaucrats and union bosses, we will not allow you to do more harm to our children again this year. Children are not at any more risk from COVID than they are from the seasonal flu. Every adult who works in schools has either had the vaccine or had their chance to get vaccinated. There is no reason for mask mandates, part-time schools, or any lockdown measures. Children are falling behind in school and are being harmed physically and psychologically by the tactics that you have used to keep them from the classroom during the last year. We won't allow it again. If a school system attempts to keep children from full-time in-person school, I will hold up every bill with two amendments, one to defund them and another to allow parents the choice of where the money goes for their child's education. Do I sound fed up to you? That's because I am. I'm not a career politician. I practiced medicine for 33 years. I graduated from Duke Medical School. I've worked in emergency rooms. I've studied immunology and virology, and I ultimately chose to become an eye surgeon. I've been telling everyone for a year now that Dr. Fauci, and other public health bureaucrats were not following the science, and I've been proven right time and time again. But I'm not the only one who is fed up. I can't go anywhere these days without people coming up and thanking me for standing up for them, whether I'm at work or at events in Kentucky, at airports, in restaurants, or in stores. People thank me for taking a stand. They thank me for standing up for actual science, for standing up for freedom, for standing against mandates, lockdowns, and bureaucratic power grabs. I think the tide is turning as more and more people are willing to stand up. I see stories from across the country of parents standing up to the unions and school boards. I see brave moms standing up and saying, my kids need to go back to school in person. I see members of Congress refusing to comply with petty tyrant Pelosi. We are at a moment of truth and a crossroads. Will we allow these people to use fear and propaganda to do further harm to our society, economy, and children? Or will we stand together and say, absolutely not, not this time, I choose freedom? Here, here. I don't hear the mainstream media calling him a conspiracy theorist or a lunatic or anything like that. Do you know why? Because they can't. They can't call him those things because they can't argue with any of what he's saying. Because what he's saying is absolute fact. And it's the hardcore truth. And he also has the balls to fight them. He does. He can single-handedly, as he said, he can single-handedly hold up bills. He can do that. Any senator can do exactly what he's doing. But the fact is, is that none of them will. As a matter of fact, you had 19 turncoats today that just put us another trillion in the hole today. And they've got another three and a half teed up behind that. But Senator Paul, when I hear him talk like that, he's not just talking to Americans, in my opinion. He's talking to other countries, too. He sees what's going on around the world. He's not stupid. The man's an actual doctor. As he said, he's got 33 years practicing medicine. He spent time studying microbiology and virology. He understands it. The people that they haven't gotten to take these jabs are the ones that are the critical thinkers, the ones that can read data. 
It's not as if there's some kind of a shortage of these things like they would have you believe. Fauci revised his number again the other day. We were at 93 million. Oh, we're now over 100 million, he says. Magically, we just got all those numbers. Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. Especially not with how people are resisting. It, no. The ones that are not doing what they're told are the ones that are able to sit down and read data and can make up their own mind. That's the problem here, is that people that aren't taking them, that's the target group that they want to take them because they want the critical thinkers out of the way. The ones that are their followers, like the Extinction Rebellion and, you know, all these, you know, feminist groups and all the rest of them, right? Th- those are groups to be used and, and pushed aside anyway. Doesn't matter. You notice Fauci? was on CBS or was it ABC? I don't know. It was one of those networks uh, with Chuck Todd, who, whatever network he's on, or NBC or CBS. I don't know. I don't care. But he was on Chuck Todd the other day and he was talking about the Sturgis bike rally and how concerned he was and how how everything needs to, needs to be put on hold because public health and public safety supersedes your freedom. And he says nothing about the southern border. He says nothing about that. You see, they're after a specific target group. They've already picked all the low-hanging fruit, right? The low-hanging fruit, those are their followers and anybody else that'll do what they're told. You know, I I saw somebody today. I I could not believe it. Well, actually, I I could. I saw this poor woman who was just getting it on a cross trainer at the gym. I mean, she she was all over it, sweating like crazy, you know. I mean, she was really putting an effort into it. When she gets off of it, she puts a mask on, huffing and puffing, and walks to the next station. Could not believe it. This is who they've got. And she's giving people the evil eye of every other person in there who wasn't wearing a mask, by the way. This is a person that has probably already been jabbed. That would be my guess. Like I said, there's not a shortage of these things. Anybody that wants to go out and get one can get one. The fact is, is that they're not taking them, not in the numbers that they want. They have a specific target to meet. The UK government came out today. Their sage advisors said that, well, the Delta variant, that's just, that's crushed any hopes that we've had of, of herd immunity. See, you're just not doing what you're told. So we're going to, we're going to move on. Uh, and well, we might need to get rid of that testing. Yeah. See, your dumbasses got caught with the testing and you're not going to be able to pull the wool over people's eyes again with that. So they're going to have to do something else for this winter. I don't know what that's going to be yet. We're still theorizing at the moment. And there's rumor that Biden's set to make an announcement tomorrow. That's just a rumor. That's not confirmed. That's just a rumor. But we'll see. Because supposedly the magnitude of that is going to be large. He's also announced that the mandates that are now going to take place, all military personnel will have to be vaccinated with this non-vaccine, this they're calling a vaccine, by September 15th. Again, middle of September, all of them are saying the same thing. The Australian government, the UK government, the French government, the German government, the US government, the Canadian government. Why that point? We haven't figured that out yet. Why the middle of September? They're all working to the same endpoint, but we don't understand why. We haven't figured that part out yet. But see, they're doubling down on everything. They're taking what they can get where they can get it. They're mandating in places where they think they can mandate. They're confident this is going to get FDA approval. Why would this get FDA approval? This has killed over 17,000 people in Europe that we know of. And we're well over 10,000 in America. In fact, according to Dr. Michael Yaden, who was Pfizer's former vice president and chief scientific officer, even he said, if you run into 25 vaccine deaths a year, they shut it down immediately. This situation, this is just out of control. Dr. Fauci on MSNBC, they've doubled the number again. That's unbelievable. They've doubled the number again. Now they're saying there's 166 million fully vaccinated Americans. I don't buy those numbers. Mm -mm. I don't buy that. That that would that would effectively be the entire workforce. Yeah, I don't buy that. I mean, it's slightly short. This is Fauci on MSNBC 
just about an hour ago. Take a listen to this. Dr. Fauci, do you agree with Randy Weingarten, the head of the largest teachers union in the country who came out yesterday and said, yes, teachers should be vaccinated inside schools? Do you think they should be mandated to be vaccinated? Yeah, I'm going to upset some people on this, but I think we should. I mean, we are in a critical (laughs) situation now. Uh We've had 615,000 plus deaths and we are in a major surge now as we're going into the fall, into the school season. This is very serious business. You would wish Uh that people would see why it's so important to get vaccinated. But you're not going to get mandates centrally from the federal government. But when you're talking about local mandates, mandates for schools, for teachers, for universities, for colleges, I'm sorry. I I mean, I know people must like to have their individual freedom and not be told to do something. But I think we're in such a serious situation now that under certain circumstances, mandates should be done. See, Bruce, we're in a serious situation. It's it's critical. The situation's dire. We've never been in such a dire situation. We're headed back down into that uh into that that school year and well we're just at a critical point is that him telegraphing that they're going to do what is rumored to be made tomorrow by the Biden administration about lockdowns and forced mandates and and this and that that's rumored to be where they're going to go or or is that him signaling to the other part of the establishment saying we are in a critical time meaning they're in a critical time they're in a pinch which one is it? Or is it a little of both? It could be a little of both, though. I don't know. I'm not sure they're going to mandate it. So technically they can mandate it um, on schools because we have a federal department that's over education. Um, so technically they could uh, mandate schools to do it, public schools specifically. But I, 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 I really like this rhetoric there, how he was talking about. Um, well, I'm going to upset a lot of people. Individual. Uh, well, yeah, you you are. Um, but talking about how people like their individual freedoms, huh? It's almost like that's a like a cornerstone for the American idea is that individualism. That that, that that's kind of one of our things. And saying we we have to throw that aside for an emergency that's not an emergency, but it's an emergency because you guys are losing control. So yeah, it's an emergency for you, but not an emergency. I'm not sure exactly what what he's he's telegraphing, but I'm not sure if it's a we're going to mandate it on a federal level or we're going to we're encouraging states, you know, maybe blue states will start doing it at a local level and mandate it. I don't know. We're already seeing it with businesses. Some businesses are. And I I hope they're paying for it with employees quitting. All right. uh, We're going to have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Glad to be back today. All right. For those of you not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts. We do every day. And we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just to our Telegram subscribers. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.